Welcome to the Homeopathy for Mommies radio show. Your host, Sue Meyer, is a Catholic wife and homeschool mom of 11. She shares her knowledge of the study of natural alternative medicine with you. While this show is not intended to diagnose or name any disease, through her experience, Sue will share helpful information to help you further your study into the amazing world of homeopathy. And now, here's your host, Sue Meyer. Hello, folks, and welcome to Homeopathy for Mommies. I'm Sue Meyer. Today, we are going to address a group of remedies in the Magnesia family, okay? We were on our live Q&A last time, and the subject of the magnesium remedies came up again, and I keep promising to do a podcast about them, and I never I never do. So <laughs> here we are today. Oddly enough, the magnesium remedies are all very, very similar, and um, we have several of them. You have to understand that if you look at a chemistry, a periodic chart, you're going to see magnesia on there. I think it is probably like column... Three, row three is where we find magnesium. And so, of course, I study under Rajan Sankaran, and of course, he has language for each of the columns, language for each of the rows, and I, I just love it. It's just, it's a, such a fantastic study. And when you go through each of these magnesiums, you, of course, magnesium is what we call a salt, and so it likes to attach itself to other elements in nature. So we might have mag or we might have magmer, which is like a magnesium chloride. We might have magsulf or magcarb. Um, I know there's, and if you go into Jan Schulten's homeopathy and the elements, which is an amazing, let me think, about 800-page book. Yeah, almost 900-page book. <laughs> but I, I, I couldn't study without it. You know, it's just one of those those books that it's like, yay. Thank you, Jan, for writing this book for us. And the magnesium, he explains about the magnesium temperament so perfectly. But you have to understand that whenever we have, an, see, that would be the, the, the anion, and then we have the cation. So whenever it ha- is attached to another element, then that alters the personality of the person and maybe even the physical symptoms ever so slightly. Okay. So with the magnesium element part of each remedy is it one of the things that's going to be about these people is that their theme is always going to be about relationships their relationship with other people they can have a lot of physical ailments and we'll get into the physical a little bit more as we continue on talking about some of the different magnesium remedies i could ta- i actually could <laughs> i could actually have several podcasts about magnesium but because I teach an advanced homeopathy class, I think I'll save the super advanced stuff for that class. But right now, we're just talking about the magnesiums because I was asked in my class, Sue, tell us about the mommy and the daddy remedy. And that's very, very simple. And like I said, I'll get to that in a few minutes, but I want to s- establish the understanding of magnesium itself. Because we all, we all know, like, remember milk and mag, you get a tummy ache, you take milk and mag, or you're constipated, or have diarrhea. That's it, the diarrhea. Anybody had diarrhea when they were little, had to drink out of that little blue bottle? <laughs> because it's, it's got a huge affinity for the liver. 
huge affinity for the gastrointestinal area. And actually, all of the magnesiums do, okay? So even because every time, doesn't matter if they're attached to sulf or the magnesium's attached to the carbon or the magnesium's attached to the muraticum or the magnesium's attached to the nitricum, it doesn't matter. That's still going to have that that um, abdominal stomach issues in, like I said, the diarrhea and or the constipation, the white chalky type stools or even green stools. It's, it's a huge liver affinity, all right? So with that, I'm going to go through a few authors for the simple fact that um, Hahnemann did uh, prove some of the magnesium remedies, but he didn't prove them thoroughly. And when you read James Tyler Kent in his book, Lectures on Homeopathic Materia Medica, he actually kind of chastises Hahnemann. He says, it would seem rather strange that the two remedies to which Hahnemann gave such a good start by proving and use should be so neglected and forgotten, as in, as in magnesium carbonicum and magnesium muraticum. He says, these two, if used, would cure many of the liver troubles that are now not cured. Magnesium muraticum, in other words, remember we're talking magnesium Muraticum is magnesia chloride, and this is the one that we call the mommy remedy, and we'll get there as well. Magnesium muraticum could cure many conditions in nervous, excitable women that now go uncured. He says these remedies are neglected, while phosphorus and sulfur are prescribed for almost everything. So I don't, you know, I don't know if we've ever done a, a, a phosphorus podcast or even a sulfur podcast, we should, <laughs> because they're, it's kind of fun. But magnesium muraticum is a deep-acting antisoric suited to nervous patients with stomach and liver troubles, tends to have enlarged glands and irritation of nerve centers and the brain. This patient is often sensitive to cold, chilly, but he desires fresh air. Many of the complaints are made better by open, fresh air but some head symptoms are the exception. Kant has a lot to say about magnesium muraticum. He says that they tend to have foul eruptions tasting like rotten eggs, disordered stomach, stomach easily disordered, water brush, vomiting. So you know what? Let's just go ahead and hang with the magmer for a little bit. Kent does talk about the magmer and he tenderness in the stomach. He talks about the stomach ailments in this remedy all the time. Constipation of infants, uh, chalky stools, both magmer and magcarb tend to have these, these points. It has a lot of ailments that really are very centered around the liver and the stomach. Now if we go back to just talking about the magnesiums, if, let's let's kind of go to understand their, the, the mentals that Jan Shelton writes about. Now I'm going to skip from his book called Homeopathy and the Elements by Jan Shelton, and I'm just going to go back to Jan Shelton, Homeopathy and the Minerals. This one is a little bit shorter, uh, and it has, it's very pointed, and it's just talking about the mentals. And when I say the mentals, like I said, the physical sphere of magnesium-type remedies is the stomach, okay? And like we're going to talk about each one in a little more depth. But I want to establish the mentals a little bit of the magnesiums. Jan Schulten says, of the magnesiums, magmer and magcarb are the most well-known. 
Magfoss also has a relatively well-known picture. Magself, Magflor, Magiodatum, Magbromatum are less well-known. We probably know the mental picture of magmer best of all, but what are the themes of the magnesiums? And that's just it, because each of them, like I said, whether the, the, we have the anion and the cation, and so the anion is magnesium in all these different remedies, and so you're going to have that element picture to it. So once we understand that, you're going to know that that flare is in each of these remedies. He says that pacifism, <laughs> okay, magnesiums hate aggression. He writes that they cannot stand rows and violence. He says that they have an aversion to quarrels and violence. All magnesiums feel this way. They cannot stand quarrels. This is expressed in different ways. Firstly, they find it very difficult to get angry. And also, they do get extremely disturbed in all sorts of ways. Like, I always think about this like a... Magnesiums, okay, not, not to knock any magnesiums, but at the same time, this, this, this mental picture of a three-year-old. I, I laugh because a three-year-old, you know, the mother of 11 children here, um, <laughs> I know about three-year-olds. Mommy, mommy, let me get it, let me get it. I can help you, I can help you. So mommy steps back and lets that, that three-year-old help her in the kitchen or help change the baby's diaper or whatever that the child wants to do. Because at three, they want to start doing everything for themselves. But at the same time, they don't have the coordination or even the comprehension as to how to actually make things happen yet, right? They're only three after all. That's very much the temperament of a magnesium. They, I say <laughs> magnesium, they want to do everything for themselves, but yet they get really, really frustrated when they can't, all right? They get frustrated. It's not going to necessarily come out in the form of anger, but it comes out in the form of maybe being a little bit peevish or irritable or downright, I want to do it for myself, but I can't. You know, they actually get angry, but it's not necessarily at you. They want peace. They want harmony, and they want it to do it themselves. <laughs> they, like I say, they can, they can be aggressive because they want you to step aside, and they want you to let them do it, but when they can't do it, then they get mad at that as well. So that's just a really good picture of a magnesium. Um, like I say, they can be ill-tempered, they can be erratic, they can also be very fearful. When I have a child who's having nightmares, the first thing I'm going to look at is magnesium because their whole world is changing so, so quickly. They're starting to understand the world of the adults. They want to they be a biggie boy and a biggie girl too. But at the same time, it's a very fearful. it's very fearful to take that step. So that's kind of the picture that, I want to leave in your mind when I talk about magnesiums because they all have that element. Now, when you add the other elements, the cation, like the muraticum or the chloride or the carbon, like it, which is column 10 in those aspects, and then phosphoricum, phosphoricum is what, column 12? Uh, you know, I, actually, I'm just going, I should have a chart here to look at when I'm, so I sound more intelligent, but <laughs> I, I don't. So those are the three we're going to actually talk about a little bit. So with the magnesiums here, we do have, like I said, this, I want to do it. I can do it, mommy. I can do it. And they get very, very frustrated. And you better step aside and let them try it because they're three now and they're biggie boys, biggie girls. Okay. But they also have, like I said, they have a lot of fears. They, um, as an adult, some of the fears that they're going to experience, and they're not going to necessarily have nightmares and be afraid that there's a monster under their bed anymore. A child will. A child needing a dose of magnesium will actually 
Daddy, check under the bed. I think there's a monster under there. Check my closet. They're very, very fearful. And so, but when they grow older, their fears change. Now, as they're older, they fear the loss of friends, the loss of family. Like a Meg Carb, he might actually have the delusion that, his, that he has been forsaken by his family and friends. A Meg Murr might have the delusion that she has no friends. Kent describes Meg Carb as a remedy for orphans. And we're going to actually, I'm going to read from Kent's book in there, his discovery, because it is so amazing. So, so amazing. We'll get to that in a moment. But the, to understand that the fear of aggression also expresses itself in a great sensitivity to pain. They actually sh may shriek from pain. Their fear, they have a fear of the dentist. It's not entirely unjustified because many of the, many dent they may have many dental problems. The pains of the magnesiums are really very severe and terrible. Their fear of pain is therefore understandable. And this is, like I said, Jan Schulten. He has, if you want to understand the periodic chart and all the elements from the periodic chart, like if you're studying homeopathy or just trying to get a deeper understanding of each of the remedies out there, all of our mineral remedies are best explained, I think. I mean, I love Jan Schulten and his ex explanation of these remedies. He and Rajan Sankaran worked quite well together a few years ago, and they literally perfected this system. And so between Rajan's charts and all his verbiage and Jan Shulton's explanation of the minerals, they describe these remedies to a T. And it's, it's very exciting. Like I said, it's very, very exciting because you get a clear picture. One of the things that all the magnesiums also share are spasms, cramps, colic, neuralgias, toothaches, colds, and allergies, hyperthyroidism, vascular spasms, Raynaud's disease, liver and gallbladder problems, prostate problems, muscles and nails. And they have, like I said, they have a great affinity for the liver, especially Magmer. Okay, so with that, like I said, I have, um, I could go on and on with a lot of the different descriptions that Jan Schulten puts in his book, Homeopathy and the Elements. But like I said, this is a simple podcast. And I just want mommies and daddies and caregivers to understand a little bit more about homeopathic remedies. So for the sake of not getting too complicated here, we're going to go ahead and we're going to start. I already kind of mentioned Magmer. So we're going to go back to Magmer, which is Magnesium Muraticum. And we're going to talk about that remedy. Now, this remedy actually will be in my new book. It is not in my old book, my old book, um, <laughs> Magnesium Muraticum. I have titled this The Peacemaker. And I say The Peacemaker because that's pretty much what everybody else calls this remedy. I, You know, the funny thing is there's nothing new in homeopathy. We have great doctors that have gone before us for the past 300 years. And there are so, so, so many books in homeopathy. Nothing's changed. Nobody, I mean, yes, there's been a few um, points that have been expounded upon. But the point is, is homeopathy doesn't change because it's just simplicity and it's honest. The, the thing that has changed in homeopathy is that we have so many doctors writing their findings. Okay, so their private findings, things that they've had cases that have just blown them away and they have to write about it because it's just exciting news. And so we have tons of doctors out there writing to other doctors saying, hey, look at this. This is another aspect of that remedy. And then we have, you know, people like me kind of telling their stories. <laughs> but it's, it is exciting. 
Uh, you just have to remember there, that there is really nothing new. There's just different ways of explaining it. There are different ways of, I would say, using homeopathy. And this is what really confuses a lot of people. I constantly have people calling the store or emailing, how do I take this remedy? Guys, there is no specific set protocol for taking a remedy. Um, many doctors have their system, but again, that's their system, and they alter that according to their patients. You know, it's kind of generic in, in their minds, and they'll give generic directions. But homeopathy, you give homeopathy, and then you wait. You give it again if it's needed again, or you don't give it again, depending. Now, when I'm giving like a low-potency remedy, again, remember, I like to give X-potencies because they're great for organic illness and injury. And I say organic, I'm talking the physical body. I like to give a higher potency, like a 200 potency or even a 1M if the mind has been affected, like is in shock or emotion. Otherwise, I like to stay low. Or sometimes if there's shock and emotion plus physical injury, I will give a 200 or a 1M potency and then drop back down to an X potency, like say a 12X or a 30X, in order to heal, help the body heal physically. It's pretty simple. You give as needed. You stop giving when it's no longer needed. You give more frequently at the beginning or the onset of the injury or illness, and then you back off and you, you give your doses at a further interval. It's pretty simple. You can, you can try to call people and say, how do I give this? But they're just going to say, give it as needed. If you're under uh, homeopathics chronic, for chronic care, they're going to give you the directions that they think would be good for you. And they're going to say, call me if you have aggravation or call me if, you know, something comes up because, you know, then we'll change things. It's that simple. We just, we listen to the patient, we watch the patient, and then we give accordingly. If they're doing well, don't, re don't redose. Only redose if they start to go backwards or if they act as though they need it again. All right. With that, I just cannot say that enough, folks. I just can't. So we're going to go ahead and we're just going to briefly talk about these magnesiums specifically. Okay. Magnesium muraticum. I already kind of told you what Kent said about magnesium muraticum. But I want to tell you what I have found. The real quick, a real a quick story is my granddaughter was, her mother had to leave. Um, there, was a, there was a family emergency and she had to leave the state for a period of time. Here she, ha she called me, see if I'd watch the baby. And I'm like, sure. Well, I wasn't even thinking about the fact that she was still nursing this baby, right? <laughs> she brings this nine-month-old baby that I hardly ever got to see her because they lived a distance away. You know, it's, obviously she knew who I was, but she was not close to me. And so the mother brings in this baby and she gives her to me. She says, thank you so much. Gives me a hug and kiss goodbye. Off she goes. Leaves nine-month-old baby screaming as mommy left, walked out the door. She was actually getting around pretty good by nine months at this time. And I just, I, she wouldn't let me hold her. She pushed me away. She's just screaming. I'm not talking crying. I am talking screaming. And, you know, I guess today, if I would have seen that, I would have probably tried to give her Ignatia. Um, but I wasn't, I wasn't real adept to, you know, different emotional problems in homeopathy, homeopathy yet. I was, I was struggling to learn the physicals, you know, just for acute illness and um, also from cleaning, from, for detoxing. 
So anyway, I'm sitting there. I, the baby, she she wanted to get down. I put her down. She climbed down the stairs backwards. You know how babies are. And she stood at the door. Just and She was literally banging her head in the door, the door, just crying. And she put her hands up and she slapped the door. And oh, she was... She acted like a two-year-old. I, I couldn't believe it. She was just so advanced at only nine, maybe nine and a half months. And I just sat at the top of the stairs and I was talking to her, just trying to calm her down and soothe her without getting too close because I didn't want her to feel like I was going, you know, I wanted her to cry it out. And I sat there and I was just thinking how much, how that poor baby must feel. I'm like, oh my gosh, I remember, I remember Kent talking about magnesium muraticum and the fact that these, if a person needs magnesium, they feel like they have been forsaken. They have been left behind or they are being pushed out from the rest of their family and friends. So, and I knew muraticum to be the mommy remedy. We, we just call it the mommy remedy. Persons needing muraticum feel the need to mother everyone or to be mothered. It is just the mother remedy. Muraticum, mother, okay? Chloride. And so I said, oh my gosh. So I ran and I, I happened to have magnesium muraticum 200C on hand. I went and gave it to the baby. I'm right there at the door crying. I gave her the dose and I went up and I sat back at the top of the stairs and she looked up at me and she went, <laughs> she stopped crying. She looked at the door again. She looked back up at me and she climbed up the stairs and sat on my lap. It was that simple. She was my little buddy until her mother returned. I did, I did redose, I think, the next day or maybe an hour. I can't remember. I, I, I don't even know if I had to redose, to tell you the truth. It was so many years ago. But I never forgot that. And I have used that so often when my, baby, my grandbabies get dropped off. And, you know, because they don't always know grandma real well. It's certainly not well enough for mother to leave them there. And I just, I give them this remedy. And I think people who have to leave their children at daycare, I'm sorry, but the mother is the center of their world. And when that mother walks away and abandons them, oh my goodness, how sad is that? So I, it, you know, like I said, it's in my new book. I don't know why I didn't put it in my old book because it wasn't a super popular remedy other than what I used it for, right? But since then, I've actually had quite a few Meg Mer clients, and it was their chronic remedy because they are the peacemakers. They're peacemakers, and yet they have, you know, they might have, um, you know, liver issues or or other physical issues. So if we talk about that, like I said, uh, from the lectures of Homeopathic Materia Medica, James Tyler Kent, you know, suited to nervous patients with stomach and liver troubles, enlarged glands, irritation of the nerve centers and brain, often feels cold, chilly, but desires fresh and open air. So it's a perfect picture of the magmar person. Now, like I said, a child may feel he's been abandoned by the mother. That's when I use this in a 200C. So just reiterating that, folks. Uh, the effects can be from sea bathing, especially if they have weakness from sea bathing, ailments from anger, vexation, and other excesses. The anxiety, passivity, anxiety at night in bed while lying, while closing their eyes. Like I said, those, they can actually be afraid of something in the dark, the shadows, someone in the closet, someone under the bed. The female can have many problems. I'm not going to go through all of these because I really just basically wanted to touch on the mental aspects of this so people can get this in their mind. I will put all these notes as well into my um, resource 
notes for the members group. I know we've got quite a few members now, and it's really exciting. And like I said, we always put the printable from each podcast into the members corner. So anyone wanting to join the members corner will have access to all of our new upcoming podcast notes as well as the 90 plus from podcasts in the past. We've actually, I started doing the notes and putting the notes in in the um, resource center in our members corner when we opened the members corner a year and a half ago. But then we've got a few gals that are actually going through and listening to our old notes, our old podcasts and doing bullet point notes for those podcasts as well so that we have quicker reference. And then when it's in word reference, then you can actually just type in like words that you're searching and it'll come up. A certain podcast will come up. So that's really, really cool. And I'm very thankful to those gals for doing that for us. Like I said, I'm not going to talk anymore about the Magmare because I do not want this podcast getting too long. <laughs> okay. But that was Magmare, the peacemaker and the mommy remedy abandoned by the mother. So if we go from there and then we, we want to talk about Magcarb then. So we have Magnesium Carbonicum. And this is very, very much like the Magnesium Muraticum, except the carbon we know the carbon aspect to be like to represent the daddy or the father issue in our world. So I'm going to tell you, read a little bit about what Kant wrote. First, he says that once he was in charge of an orphanage, he says the puzzle, and, and then he proceeds to say it was the puzzle in his life. I'm going to go back and before I read the rest of that, I am going to actually go back and I'm going to say what he observed. He says it was, he says he observed, especially among illegitimate infants. So he was, like I say, he was in charge of an orphanage, folks. And he had, he had these, these babies in this orphanage that he says that there was a kind of marasmus. In other words, today we call it failure to thrive that will puzzle you over it if you do not know this remedy. If we analyze the remedy in general, we will see that it produces a state of the body like that prior to tuber tuberculosis. He does not, if he does not undergo repair, he will lose flesh and the muscles become flabby. He says the child's muscles are flabby. The child will not thrive in spite of feeding and medicine. It seems to be laying the foundations for some serious trouble. Finally, it emaciates and the back of the head begins to sink in as if from a trophy of the cerebellum. The appetite increases for milk and meat and animal broths, and yet there are, they are not digested. And when the milk is taken, it continually passes the bowel in the form of white potter's clay or like putty. The stool is soft and of consistency of putty. If you go through a china factory where the men are forming with their hands, it, it, is a, it is such a wonderful manner, all sorts of beautiful dishes and molds. You will see that the original clay, as they are manipulating it, is white. It is a perfect picture of the mag carb stool composed of putty-like undigested milk. Now, he's, as he writes these notes, you have to remember, he is in charge of this orphanage. And back in the good old days, orphanages used to be quite large because, well, I'm sorry, babies weren't aborted. They were given up for adoption. And at such a rate that there were, you know, there was actually orphanages that were needed as the waylay station before they could find a new home. And he, say, he goes on to say, he says, I have observed, especially among the illegitimate infants, those that have been conceived by a clandestine coition, that they have a tendency to sinking in the back of the head. The occipital bone will actually sink in and the parietal bones just 
out over it, and there will be a, depre a depression. There is not an uncommon thing in children that go into marasmus. So this, okay, he says, so these illegitimate children, this is not an uncommon thing for them to go into marasmus or this failure to thrive and actually start regressing backward. They are very likely to have a potter, potter's clay stool. It does not run. It is not hard. The white hard stool is quite another symptom. This, it's the soft, semi-fluid white stool that leads to another class of remedies. This is where we think of the magnesium carbonicum stool. I have had, I once had in charge of an orphanage, we had 60 to 100 babies on hand at all times. The puzzle of my life was to find remedies for the case that were going into Marasimus. A large number of them were clandestine babies. In other words, their mothers were unwed, and so the child was given up for adoption. It was a sort of sheltering arms for these little ones. The whole year elapsed, and we were losing babies every week from this gradual decline until I saw the image of these babies in Magcarp. I'm sorry, this just... <laughs> I can't even imagine. Here he's taking care of all these babies, and several of them, they would get to that year, just closing into that year, and they would start to go backwards at such a rate that they they would actually, at about the year age, they would die. And after that, many of them were cured. So he, they would actually pass away. He was losing babies right and left at about that one-year age. So he went on to say that he started giving Magcarb to these babies who had failure to thrive. And they started, they, they're just, their whole countenance turned around. Now see, what happens is we, we talk about, you know, I'm always telling people, it every everything begins in the mind. Everything does. And then if the mind is healthy, it throws symptoms externally, all right? So why do we have external symptoms? Even on babies, the baby didn't do anything yet. What started in his mind? Tell me that. Well, this, this, this early summer when Dinesh comes to Sock Center, Dinesh Chowan, a fantastic, wonderful doctor, he actually wrote a book called A Wander with a Little Wonder. And he explains how the mother and the child are so connected that the mother will actually mirror the child's personality. And that child, once he's born, he has a connection with his mother. All right? So here we take an unwed mother. And she carries this child for nine to ten months before she delivers, and then she has to give up her child for adoption. She does this out of the kindness and goodness of her heart because she knows she will never be able to support a child. And so she wants to give the child to someone, a family, that will love the child. So she goes through this process. But during those nine to ten months while she carries this child, she, she realizes her mistake. Things happen. But yet she can't help but feel abandoned by the, by the man who left her in this state. So as much as the child reflects mirrors and reflects upon the mother, the mother also mirrors and reflects upon the child. So the mother imprints this feeling of, I've been abandoned by the father. She delivers this child. She gives the child up for adoption. And even though the child was actually abandoned, not abandoned, but given up by the mother, he, it's so imprinted upon him to feel abandoned by the father. Okay? So this is where the mag, magnesium carbonicum comes in. These are gentle souls. Not to say they aren't maybe irritable, but they are gentle souls. They're probably, and he goes on to say that they, they tend to have a lot of physical um, 
maybe they're not well kept. They're very smelly souls. <laughs> More so than the muraticum. Muraticum, you think of a dainty lady. A carbon, you can think of as, as a gent, you know, that, <laughs> well, like as in with all carbons, there's usually a lot of odor with carbons. Um, when carbon is needed, whether it be um, activated charcoal or calc, um, carbo-veg, there's usually a, a bit of a sour odor that, that that element will help to eliminate. So we can add that to the magnesium carbonicum, that they, they have an odor that would be nice if they got rid of it, okay? But we need to remember that this will take, and I have used this remedy, and sadly enough, not so much for abandoned babies, but for babies who belong to families, and they get a few months old or even just a few weeks old, and they start going backwards. Failure to thrive. Marastimus. These are, these are words we need to understand and remember. And oddly enough, when you talk to the mother and you say, what was going on during the pregnancy? She will very often express that she, something was going on in their marriage. She felt like she wasn't being supported by her husband, maybe even abandoned. Uh, and she may not use the word abandoned, but she will say things like, I just didn't feel like he, was gonna, he wasn't helping me. He didn't want anything to do with the pregnancy. I just felt like I wasn't good enough for him. Or the, 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 the language varies, but it all comes down to that abandoned issue. They didn't feel supported, and so therefore they felt abandoned. And the child is born. He reflects that feeling that the mother had, and then you give this remedy, and the child will turn around. I have actually seen, I had a 10-and-a-half-pound ba baby at 10 months old. Gave this remedy to the, to the baby, and he turned around immediately and started gaining weight several ounces a week. And they, he just continued and caught right up with all the other babies his size or his age. So I've done this over and over and over again with mothers who have felt abandoned during their pregnancy and their child seems failure. it's failure to thrive. And again, mag carb, t tons of stomach issue. They tend to crave bread and butter. They have an aversion to vegetables and fruit, tend to have flatus, constipation, diarrhea, different bowel problems. Um, it's, 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 a huge, it's a huge remedy for those who tend to, to feel like they aren't on par with the rest of the world. They, family and friends, they can be very, very pouty and feel like they're not part of something. It's, it's an amazing remedy. I just, I, like I said, I use it um, obviously for chronic for chronic issues, but for acute issues, like I say, this is, you know, when a, when a child starts its failure to thrive, that's a chronic issue, but it's, it's an acute issue as well. One, it's usually just a one dose thing. I'll tell the mom to repeat it in two weeks, but it was usually just a one dose. That's all that's even required. And again, I give it a 200 C potency. Okay. Well, we can't stop talking about our magnesiums without mentioning magfos. Magnesium phosphoricum is muscles cramp like charley horses. Uh, anyone who has charley horses in the, in the calves of their legs, in the, the thighs of their legs, anywhere in their body, bleeding spasms, labor pains, cramps in the legs, cramping diarrhea, menses that cramps, Anytime someone says, oh my gosh, I have such cramps, doesn't matter where they're at, give them MEGFOS. It's going to make it a first course of action because me the magnesium is very crampy. 
So when we think about that and understand that, then it's going to be much better. This remedy is actually in my first book. Uh, I added the mag carb and the mag myrrh to the second book. But this remedy, like I said, we use all the time. It's a very acute remedy. It's also, um, it can be a chronic remedy as well. And I tell people, if you have cramps and MAGFOS does not do the trick, then call your homeopath and cuprum, which is copper, is also a really crampy remedy, but it's rarely needed for anyone that's not old, <laughs> okay? Anyone under the age of 60, magnesium um, phosphoricum is almost always going to take care of their cramping situation. And again, there's that element of, of I've been abandoned. Had a young lady just a few weeks ago called... Her mother was away from home for a period of time, and she called, and she, she never, ever experiences cramps with her cycle. And she had, she had been having terrible, terrible cramps, and she was crying. I said, go take, you know, Meg Voss, and she did. And I, I asked later how she was doing. She said, oh, it worked perfect. So see there, her mother was out of town, and she felt abandoned um, by her mother. And so therefore, for the first time with her cycle, she was having cramps. So it's just really, really amazing how, you know, like little kids, they say CalFOS cal is what they call the school child's uh, tummy ache. They say that because CalFOS is, they usually are, they're growing so quickly that they'll tend to have growing pains and it can affect the stomach as well. But when they have cramps, they don't, they just don't want to go to school. They don't want to be away from mommy. They need their people. And so when you give, the, like I said, colic, any kind of cramps, if it's because they feel they've been abandoned or they're about to be abandoned, don't kid yourself. Give something with magnesium in it. I do give magnesium, like the calm magnesium or any other kind of magnesium that you mix in water or the citrate, different magnesiums. We all need it in our diets, right? But don't forget that if you take in magnesium, you also need to be taking calcium because they, one can't uptake without the other one. They can't, the body can't assimilate. So you don't want to be taking more of one than the other because if you take a lot of magnesium and it doesn't have calcium to attach to, guess what? That's when it becomes like a laxative. So you've got to, you know, just kind of watch that. Um, and so that's why I'm not a big fan of giving a lot of magnesium. It does help the patient to sleep at night in, in its raw form. Very often it will sleep like a baby. But again, calci calcium does too. I like, I like to combine them. So um, just remember that. And do remember the MAGFOS for bleeding spasm because phosphoricum, that is a huge blood remedy. And so when you're taking magnesium for a phosphoricum, think of bleeding spasms, you know. So that's, that's just a really good remedy for that. Okay, so this has turned out to be a pretty long podcast. I didn't want it to be. But at the same time, I've been asked to talk about this. And so, okay, here we have it. <laughs> All right. I'm going to let you folks go. Thank you so much for being part of Homeopathy for Mommies. And for those of you who are members in our Members Corner, thank you very much for being a member. And you can look for the notes for this podcast in the Members Corner. Thank you, everyone. May God bless you and yours. Thanks for listening to this episode of Homeopathy for Mommies radio show. Please visit Sue on her website, homeopathyformommies.com, and join us right here at homeopathyformommiesradio.com, Wednesday, noon Eastern. As always, we pray the Lord blesses you with good health, vitality, strength, and wisdom.